Chapter 28 Bait Sarah might have been much older than me, but she still looked 13. It was strange to see her in a leather corset, leather leggings, and leather strappy heels. Too much leather. Too much of everything, I thought, the words jailbait screaming across my mind. I wonder if they have jail here, or if it's just some dungeon at Iris's. My mind was starting to run away with me. We all climbed into separate cars, group by group. William put on his glamour as we drove off. I felt so naked without one, despite being covered in tattoos. My calves were strapped into boots that made me almost as tall as William, and they tied up over my knees. My leggings were forest green, and I had squeezed myself into another of Hannah's leather and metal corsets. I wore no shirt underneath, but I did have another cloak with a hood, though it was only about half the length of the one from last time. I pulled the hood over my head as we reached the Centrum gate. William took out two communicators. Always Portia, am I? I joked. It's easier to use one name. Now that Caleb knows you're one of Burns's favorites, he'll expect you to be around a lot. He tried to link his fingers with mine, but instead I placed my hand on his inner thigh. Go big or go home. I smiled, and he laughed, shaking his head. Always a surprise, Amelia. Always a surprise. Amelia? Portia. He purred as he rolled down the window, handing the two communicators to the guard. He looked at the two of us and smiled. Burns? Miss LaPousselle? Welcome back. He nodded at us, and I craned my head back to its front position and stared out the windshield, my mouth upturned in a half-smile. I squeezed William's thigh as the man handed the communicators back to William, letting us through. What are these? I asked once the window was up and he handed me my communicator. I mean, what are they called? And what else can they do? I thought they were just IDs, but you... you called me from one. I guess I didn't explain their full potential. They're like phones. Communication devices, IDs, wallets, everything you'll ever need, all in one. You don't need to carry anything else. They're called ciphers. Without them, you are nothing. You are no one. So, literally a phone, then. I joked, winking. Yes. And the Centrum guards will kill you on sight if you don't have one. Charming, I said, grasping mine tightly. Part of ours can be seen by Iris, connected to her network. But parts are cloaked from her like our phone calls. Hannah's doing. She's a bit of a genius when it comes to that stuff. But I'll still warn you to be careful with what you do with it or say into it. Get me? Got you. And try not to crush this one tonight. They're not the simplest of things to remake. He raised his eyebrows at me. I nodded and placed it into my heaping cleavage. Why can't the people of the Centrum wear sweats, or jeans, or literally anything else? I thought to myself. We parked in the same lot we used last time and walked the same route. I wondered how everyone else was getting on when William handed me a small earpiece. I didn't think to bring these last week because it was just you and me and I didn't think we'd be splitting up, he said with a reproachful undertone. 
but they keep us connected to each other. If someone calls our cipher, the earpiece will buzz. Tap it once to answer, twice to reject. But don't reject, he said simply. I placed the earpiece in my right ear. It buzzed immediately, and William's seductive Burns voice murmured, Burns, into my ear. I tapped it once. It works, I said simply, then tapped it twice to hang up. You know, you could have prepared me for this kind of stuff, I whispered, and the corners of his lips formed into a soft but knowing smile. This needs to be learned on the spot. I can train you to fight and run and jump and fly, but I can't teach you to listen and seduce. Not like this. I didn't want to train the instinct out of you. He kept his eyes forward. You can teach me to fly? I whispered, smiling. If you don't go running off where you're not supposed to, maybe, he joked. We stepped into the bar and sat down at the same booth. William ordered two drinks. Oh my, look who's back. A husky voice murmured in my ear. Caleb's hand ran along my thigh. I breathed slowly to keep from, frankly, screaming and vomiting. I slid over so he could sit. I became an Amy sandwich, locked between these two men. I lazily dragged my fingers across my collarbone and tapped William with my foot under the table. He turned and offered his hand to Caleb. The two shook. The waitress set down two tumblers of a deep brown liquid. Bourbon. William took one, and before I could do anything, Caleb took the other. Ever the gentleman. William took a sip from his glass, but then put it down and pushed it toward me while signaling the waitress to bring another. How chivalrous of you, Burns. Caleb laughed as I sipped from the glass. Beautiful women deserve beautiful things, and beautiful men. Sometimes it means putting your pride aside, Caleb, William said nonchalantly. If a woman asks me to lose my pride, instead she loses hers. The sides of his lips twitched, and I suddenly felt sick. I put the bourbon down. You should willingly give it up, instead of letting her take it from you. Then it's a win-win. William smiled. Hmm, Caleb said, intrigued. Interesting point, Burns. I may have underestimated you when it comes to women. Or perhaps in general? And I'm getting bored again, I thought. I smiled lazily at Caleb, who seemed to enjoy my reaction to all of this. Stoic. It was more of a non-reaction than a reaction, because I didn't know how to express what I felt without punching Caleb full-on in the nose. But that time would come. I could start a collection, and take it all out on him when it did. This thought made my smile grow. I finished my drink in one gulp and put the glass down on the table. Caleb eyed me. His eyes said so much. They were alive with his thoughts. So dark, like looking into two deep pools of tar. I eased up on the staring and placed my hand on William's leg. Caleb placed his hand on mine. I glanced at William and his eyes told me that this was what we came here for. I clenched my jaw, saying, What do you mean this is what we came here for? 
He put his hand on mine. It has to be learned, not taught. Instinct. So I have to seduce Caleb, then? Joy. I didn't know what, if anything, that would accomplish for us. It wasn't like he was dying to spill his deep, dark secrets to women, being a misogynist and all. I excused myself to use the restroom. William excused himself, too, and I glanced behind me to see he and Caleb sharing a laugh. Oh, yes, haha, going to have my way with that girl in the bathroom, I thought in an overly exaggerated voice, rolling my eyes. William grabbed my arm when he was close to the bathroom and pulled me into a small closet next to the bar kitchen. It reeked of cleaning products. I ripped my hood from my head. You didn't tell me I was going to have to seduce Caleb, I whispered, my tone vehement. The man who beat me senseless? Really, William? Really? What is that even going to do for us? He placed his fingers on my lips to quiet me down. I took a breath. He's a chauvinist, misogynist pig. He's not going to open up to me. Hey. Hey. You don't have to sleep with him. Just get him to take you to the meeting, to the building. Something's going on. You ran into Iris last week. Iris doesn't come out into the centrum. She stays locked up. She's planning something. And it has to do with the common. What do I do once I'm in the building? I'll take care of it. Do you think Iris knows? About me? I think at this point it would be a severe mistake to think she doesn't. There's a tracking setting on your cipher. He took it from me and turned it on. Leave it on. I'll know where you are. I'll follow you. His tone was final. He began to open the closet door and I pulled him back, fluffing his hair and doing the same to mine. He looked at me curiously. Oh, come on. You don't look well-poised when you come back from bathroom sex. And you would know? I'm just assuming. The joke danced in my eyes. He grabbed my hand and pulled me from the closet back to our booth. I flipped my hair as we took our places next to Caleb, and I could see the scent of it took him off guard for a moment. It was pleasant to see him soften even if just for a fraction of a second. He got me another drink while I was away. I caught William's eye and then looked back at Caleb. A small panic began to build inside me. I wasn't good at this. I didn't know how to do this. This was a grown man, not 16-year-old Soph and me fumbling our way through ourselves. This wasn't even me and William, or me and Burns. Luckily, the outfit I wore made me a shade more confident. The drink would surely add some courage as well. But hopefully not sloppiness. Careful, Amy. I sipped lazily from the glass, letting my eyes wander over Caleb slowly. William ordered himself another drink as Caleb finished his and did the same, ordering me another too, though I wasn't even close to finished with the one in my hands. William's eyes said, Steady. I know, I can handle myself, mine countered. Looked like Caleb and I had the same idea. Get the other, drunk. Much harder work for me with a man so large. Damn it. I took extra small sips of my drink for a bit, listening to William and Caleb talk about everything except anything important. 
When Caleb got up to go to the bathroom, William took my drink and poured it into his glass. I whispered a thank you to him. The only thing that moved us further into the evening was the clock, and the fact that I'd ordered Caleb six drinks and he'd graciously accepted. I kept up with him as much as my sober mind could, which was four drinks, one of which was the one William drank. One was iced tea, ordered by William under the cover of conversation between Caleb and I. Only two had been bourbon. We'd been there three hours when my boredom hit its peak. I squirmed in my seat, and Caleb took it exactly the way I wanted him to. Yes, I want to get out of here, my eyes said to him. I managed to read his body language as well as I could the hour leading up to that, and I did my best to reciprocate in a way he deemed fit. He smiled and placed a heavy hand on my thigh, squeezing. A little too hard, I might add. It was difficult for me to pretend I enjoyed the feeling, but I guess this was what it was going to take to get information out of him. My stomach squirmed. I was afraid to leave there by myself, and I was surprised William would opt for it so quickly after I recovered. But I couldn't worry about that now. The best I could do was flirt, drink, and smile. As I drained my now second iced tea, Caleb was starting to look like the world was growing a little blurry. Then we sat for another hour, none of us drinking, we simply talked. I felt more comfortable and yet more nervous. I ordered one more drink before we left, considering by that point I was dead sober and needed some liquid courage to get through the rest of the night. I finished the drink in three large sips when Caleb's cipher buzzed. He answered, mumbled a few things, and then hung up. Excuse me, it seems I have a meeting. You were sublime company tonight, my dear Portia, he said, kissing me on the cheek. Burns? He shook William's hand. The corners of William's lips curled into an almost unintelligible smile, but I caught it. How he knew Caleb was going to get that call about the meeting, I didn't know. I wondered what William, er, Burns, did to earn the respect of the common. I was curious who Burns really was. I hadn't gotten much of a different taste of him these past couple hours than I had the first time. William silently told me I had to make a move to go with Caleb, while simultaneously squeezing myself out of the booth. This was my first test. Get him to take me home when he had a meeting to attend beforehand. The pleasure of tonight was all mine, Caleb. I purred into his ear. Take me home. He set his jaw, his gaze staying forward. I'm afraid I... I shushed him, placing a slow kiss on his lips. He tasted like bourbon and salt, and kissing him was harsh and grating, not soft and sweet like William. I felt William's eyes on us. You're going to go to a meeting, then go home by yourself? That's no fun. He had no response, but I knew he was trying to think of one. My mind moved quickly. It's not every day Burns will give me up like this, and I'm not much for the chase. I get bored easily, I whispered, but his jaw was still locked tight. William stood and whispered what couldn't be more than a sentence in Caleb's ear. Caleb grabbed my hand harder than I would like, but he pulled me out of the bar 
without saying anything. He was silent, in fact, until we were sitting in his car 20 minutes later. He drove a small convertible two-seater, its body encased in what seemed like tinted glass. I could see the entire engine rumbling and running as Caleb's car, yes, it was self-driving, expertly navigated the streets with no headlights. The question of why almost made its way out of my mouth, but I choked it down at the last minute. Nothing like a stupid question to give me away. He tapped a button on his dashboard and two tumblers dropped into cup holders, followed by a deep honey liquid. He held one up and placed it softly in my hands. So Burns must think you're quite the catch, he said, eyeing me hungrily, and I suddenly started to feel in way over my head. He sipped his drink and I followed suit. Whiskey. Well, this takes drinking and driving to a whole new level. I must tell you I'm impressed. He's never been one to keep a woman around. Neither of us has. I wondered briefly if that meant they often shared women, but I drove the idea from my mind. I couldn't get off track tonight. This was going to be difficult enough as it was. Where are we going? I asked my voice raspy and deep from not speaking for almost half an hour. I've told you. I have a meeting. His voice was stern, and I dropped the subject. My earpiece buzzed, and as nonchalantly as I could manage, I reached up and tapped it once. It was Reina. Don't say anything. I'm tracking your cipher. I'll meet you. Hopefully you'll be more comfortable with me there. William said he's going to a meeting first. Wherever it is, there's likely to be a pub. Caleb likes excess and he loves drinking. He'll see you in and buy you a drink, leaving the tab open for you. I'll meet you there. See you soon. She hung up. William didn't trust me to get this done on my own. And good thing he doesn't, because he probably couldn't. That little nagging voice inside of me said over and over again. I finished my drink and placed the glass back in the cup holder. We drove in silence for a few more minutes, and I finally shifted my weight to be closer to him. I leaned over, running my hand along his cheek, and kissed him on his jaw, then his neck, and then sat back into my seat. A smile crept onto his lips as we pulled up to a building with an enormous empty marquee. A young man in dark pants, a dark shirt, and a white leather jacket sauntered up to the car and opened my door. I took the hand that he offered and stepped out. He closed my door behind me. Caleb handed him his keys, and they exchanged no words beyond the valet's, sir, and we made our way into the building. The lobby was at once both derelict and beautiful, like the city itself all exposed pipes and sharp angles of glass, steel, and brick. I shivered, immediately put on edge. I barely noticed when Caleb took my hand and began walking me across the lobby to a bar surrounded entirely by glass. He walked me inside. A hostess saw him and nodded. He walked by and took me to a booth by the bar. A waitress placed two drinks in front of us. He must have been a regular. What is it that you do, Miss La Pucelle? He asked. My mind spun, 
we never discussed an answer to this. I'm Burns's. That's what I do. I answered, the right side of my mouth curled up in a sassy smile. Oh, well done. Caleb held his glass up in a toast. We clinked and sipped, and he brought his hand up to his ear and pushed. Caleb, he said in an authoritative tone. Yes, I'm downstairs. On my way up. He stepped out of our intimate two-person booth and kissed me on the cheek, wrapping his arm around my waist, and the kiss found my mouth. This time it was all salt and whiskey. He broke from me and walked from the bar. Not bad. Raina's voice came from behind me, and I jumped. She put a glass of water in front of me. I'm in way over my head, I said, playing with the cup. Drink up, she said, pushing it closer to me. I did as I was told. Her cipher buzzed. A face popped up. A woman I didn't recognize. Sleek black hair and dark lipstick. Hi, baby, Raina answered, her voice low. Not a good time. Apparently the woman kept talking, though, because Raina didn't hang up and every now and then tried to get a word in. Copy, she finally said. We're pulling a Pollyanna tonight, she added, both confident and apologetic. What is that? I'll relay everything to William. I love you. Bye. I awaited information from the call. Jai, my girlfriend, Raina said. I was surprised. Why hadn't I met her? I thought I met everyone. She's in Triton. That's her home realm, she started, as if she could read the question on my face. She had to go back to deal with the insurgents there. She's been doing it for... too long. Her voice and gaze became far away for a fraction of a second before reality brought her back and she pushed the water to my lips again. Keep drinking. I did as I was told, a little sheepish. You did fine. Well, even. We just needed to know where he was going. Williams working on the rest. She finished, her voice low when she used William's name. Well, call him off, I said, holding up the cipher. I put the earpiece in Caleb's pocket. Her eyes filled with a mix of surprise and fear. He can track from where that came, Portia. She whispered, looking around suddenly. What? Yeah. If he finds that in his pocket, he'll track it back to your cipher. You're going to have to get it back from him. Give me your cipher. I handed it to her and she started pulling up screens and pressing all kinds of things. I sat and watched. It's recording. Well done. Stupid, but well done. She pressed the earpiece in her ear. Burns, we have a bit of a problem. William was not happy with me. I could tell by Raina's tone, and he kept cutting her off. She tried to soothe him, but it wasn't working. This was what I got for jumping the gun.